All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. Chuck and John will be back in just a couple of days with the season four premiere doing our over-unders for the Eastern Conference. We will drop those early in the week and enough time for you to contact your local gambling authority, be it a pickle, be it a mybookie.ag, whatever it might be. If you want to support our program and get some bonus content, including power rankings, the bonus audio to join our Slack chat where we talk about basketball and everything around the clock, you can do all that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Also, if you want us to read an iTunes review where you can shout out anything you want, write a five-star iTunes review, and we will read it on air. So if you want to support our show, write a five-star iTunes review. Tell all your friends about our show. Man, they should be listening, especially as we round into season four. And then financially support us if you are so generous at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. My guests today both cover the Oklahoma City Thunder in a variety of ways and collaborate together on the OKC Dream Team podcast. Mr. John Hamm and Mr. Andrew Schlecht. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'll start with you, John. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, I had a special K with like blueberry and lemon uh, thingies in it. (laughs) So uh, go a little more on the lemon thingies. Are, are, did you add those? What are they? No. Or, okay. No, no, they are in the cereal. They are they are crunchy thingies. Oh, are they are, are they good for you? Lemon flavor. Lemon uh, flavored I, I, antioxidants or something? Yeah, I'm sure that's what they sold me on. <laughs> I'm sure I bought it hook, line, and sinker. That's probably all, the only reason why I got it. Uh, are you normally a cereal man, or is that like your traditional daily routine? Uh, normally, uh, just because it's, it's quick. Um, you know, the mornings are a little hectic when you're trying to round up kids and get to school and, you know, make all that happen. So yeah, usually cereal is my go-to thing. That's pretty good. Andrew, how about you? Uh, I, I had a, uh, a blueberry granola e cereal and an apple and, uh, a little espresso this morning. It's, it's just great. I love breakfast. I, I get I so miffed. I get so miffed when people come on your show and they say that they're not breakfast people. I'm just like, ah, who are you? Like, what is- <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta say, in the uh, year plus of doing doing interviews every week, almost no one eats cereal. And here, here I have two guys uh, eating cereal on the same show. Kind of a rare moment. Yes. Does that does that reflect anything about you guys? Is that an, is this an Oklahoma thing? <laughs> I, don't, we are I have no men. idea. <laughs> we are busy, busy men. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. Well, before um, before we go on, tell me a little bit about what each of you do, because I, I don't know you guys very well. I kind of sent out a Twitter call. Like, I don't have any Oklahoma City Thunder people I even really know. Uh, so tell people each what you, you were doing for the Thunder, and then if you want, you guys can talk about the, um, the Dream Team podcast. You go, John. Okay. Uh, so here's the deal. By day, I mean, I have, I have an eight-to-five job. I do network and server administration for a uh, – nonprofit here in Oklahoma City, a, a medical research foundation. Uh, so that takes up, you know, obviously a good chunk of my time. And then on the side, uh, I've, I've developed this secondary career covering the Thunder. So 
Uh, three main methods. Uh, I do write for Bleacher Report and occasionally Daily Thunder, uh, which is a blog started by Royce Young years ago. Um, there is the OKC Dream Team podcast, which Andrew will dive into a little bit more. And I'm on locally uh, on radio 107.7, the franchise here in Oklahoma City. So uh, I cover the team for them and and uh, cover post game shows as well. And I'm in, involved in all those ways. Sounds very busy. That's why the uh, this, the quick serial lifestyle. Now you understand. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I also have a regular nine to five job, but I uh, write for Daily Thunder. I'll be doing gamers uh, for Daily Thunder this season. I also have a Thunder podcast that I do with some buddies of mine called Down to Dunk. Uh, we've been doing it for about five years and we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows. And then we just started the OKC Dream Team, which is myself, John, Fred Katz, who writes for the Norman Transcript. And then Royce Young will join when he is able as a special guest. Uh, so that one is a little bit different because right now you're listening to Fast Break Breakfast and you can listen to it for free. The Dream Team is through Patreon, so you have to pay for it. Uh, we feel like it's premium Thunder content. And so you pay $4 a month, you get a podcast a week. And then when we get over 1,000 patrons, we'll start doing more content. Uh, but it's a really fun show, kind of an insider's view on the Thunder So. Uh, if you're interested in the Oklahoma City Thunder, and a lot of people are because of uh, Carmelo Anthony and Paul George and Russell Westbrook, uh, the OKC Dream Team is a great place to go to. Yeah, it's a very interesting business model for me as a podcaster looking at because you guys have this podcast behind a paywall completely. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. interested in it. Uh, I, I guess I'm pulling for you guys, you know, because yeah. we, we, <laughs> we have our own Patreon, but it's more of who wants to go the extra mile? Like who, yeah, you right. know, who, who really wants to step up? And you know, we, we sell things to, uh, we provide, like we play fantasy basketball, which we're having our drafts this weekend and we give some bonus content on there, but the totally behind a paywall thing, it, it's uh, interesting and definitely uh, best of luck with it. If you're a Thunder fan, even if you are a bandwagon, just jumping on for the, the new big three in Oklahoma city, uh, check that out on Patreon, support them. Okay. So the Thunder somehow, have a big three. How did this all come about? How did how did Sam Presti do this without even sending out a first round pick? Does he have incriminating photos of the other GMs? How did you guys end up after losing Durant a year ago, rebound and suddenly have Paul George and Carmelo Anthony on the team? Um, I, I would say it's really Sam just being opportunistic and willing to take chances. You know, one thing that uh, Daryl Morey of the Rockets talked about coming into the offseason was we might I, I forgot how he phrased it, but we may have to uh, increase our risk profile or, or something like that. Right. Yeah, that's, that's essentially what you know Sam Presti did. The first move was you know, taking a chance on Paul George. And I, I think interpersonal relationships between these teams helps a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it just it, it was just circumstance that you know, he was able to get Paul George at that price and, you know, just kind of waited out the Carmelo Anthony situation. And, you know, that was a big standoff between them and the Rockets and the Knicks. And finally, Anthony blinked and it opened up the door for them to, to swoop in and get him again. New York had kind of devalued um, what they could get in return for him. So uh, being opportunistic and, and again, just just staying active and waiting for these things to develop. Yeah, my guess is that he'll, he'll go into negotiations saying, all right. We'll give you Kyle Singler and Samaj Christian. And then <laughs> the bar is so low. And then when he offers up Sabonis, you're like, oh, my gosh, Like they're giving us a, a real player. 
and and I just have to accept. That's that's my only that's my only guess as to how these negotiations happen because it's crazy. Like it really is. The Thunder are able to keep Stephen Adams throughout all this. Keep Andre Robertson. Keep Alex Sabrinas. Like these guys that you thought you know if, if anybody's going to have value, it's going to be those guys. You know, Victor Oladipo in his new deal, like some some people say he's worthless, which is just really not true. Uh, but he's not like he's not a twenty million dollar player. Uh, I don't know. It's just crazy how he was able to kind of finagle these these deals because you're right, without giving out a first round pick, uh, without really giving really anybody of like real consequence up, uh, the Thunder have remade this team and are kind of ready to go. And just for for a little bit of an example there. That Saturday morning of the trade, you know, like the, the news was trickling out that Carmelo had opened up his no trade clause. And mm. uh, my radio partner, Jerry Ramsey, called me. He was like, OK, so what are we looking at? Like Ennis Cantor, Alex Abrinas, Terrence Ferguson. And I'm like, no, no, no. New York's not in position to demand any of that. You know, they'll get Cantor. And I told him at the time, probably McDermott and, and the Chicago second round pick, which is what it turned out to be. Mm. Um, but that just kind of showed what a lot of people thought you should be trading for these guys and then look at what actually went down. I know as a fan of a Western conference team, the Grizzlies, it was, (laughs) it was incredibly frustrating where I'm like, I'm sitting in my basement where I record the podcast, like just throwing things against the wall, screaming, like these are salary dumps. Like it's a salary (laughs) dump. Like what in the world? Like like they're getting off this, uh, they're getting off the Ennis Cantor contract. They're getting off the Oladipo contract. Like they aren't including anything. I don't know. I was, I was, man, I was not happy. I was not in a good place. Cause there was like a brief moment where as again, as a Grizzlies fan, we were like, all right, so I think we can pass the thunder. I think we can pass the Clippers. And I was like, no, now the thunder are amazing. <laughs> you know, like what, like this is, this is crazy. Do you guys know when Carmelo gave up his no trade clause? Apparently the trailblazers were trying to get him and he's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to live in Portland. What does Oklahoma city have that Portland doesn't have? Russell Westbrook. Just oh, Russell, yeah, that too. <laughs> just Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum are really good players. Yeah, they're not the MVP though, and they're not. I mean, Russ has a different kind of aura about him, and I don't know. I, I think also with the Paul George deal, like there's no mellow here if there's no Paul George here. Yeah. Uh, right. So I think he saw those two and are like, okay, you know what? We we can maybe do something with that team, and then you bring in Stephen Adams and Robertson as these role players, and you kind of you can see like a complete team there. Uh, with Melo at the four. So I, th- I think that that had to have been it. Obviously, he wanted to go to the Rockets and was holding out for that for a long, long time. And then when that became hopeless, then he was like, okay, so Cavs, Thunder, those can be quasi-contenders. So let's try that. And is it because of, I guess, wanting to get along with Paul George and Russell Westbrook that Carmelo has finally embraced that he is a power forward? One of the funny things of the trade, again, to me was after years of seemingly refusing to play power forward in New York and everyone's like best Carmelo is Olympic small ball for Carmelo. And now he gets on the thunder. He's on the thunder for like 30 minutes. He's like, yes, I'm a power forward. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say everything is always sunny this time of year. Everyone's in <laughs> yeah. great shape. Everyone is, you know, is in the best shape of their lives. They've all lost 20 pounds over the summer. They're willing to do anything. It, we'll see if this holds. I mean, the first time Carmelo Anthony has to go, you know, keep Anthony Davis off the glass for, you know, 30 minutes a night. Um, we'll see if that holds, but I, it, it's possible that Anthony is just looking at this realistically, like, look, I'm 33 years old. And at this point in my career, 
on that team. This is what I've got to do if you know if, if I really do want to compete for championships. Yeah, and one thing with with him playing the four is that he's like playing the four on offense. Defensively, yeah. Paul George was defending Anthony Davis the other night. I think right. you'll see that against like really big time power forwards that are really going to need somebody to guard them. That's going to be what Paul George will do. And then Carmelo can, you know, sit out on the perimeter with some guy and kind of babysit them. I just think that you'll you'll see a lot of Paul George at the four on defense uh, and a lot of mixing and matching because, uh, I mean, Billy Donovan's all in on the quote unquote positionless basketball. At least he acts like he is. So I think that you'll see mixing and matching. With Westbrook having such an aura, uh, like one of you said, I can't remember which one. <laughs> is there going to be a situation where these two alpha dogs in Carmelo Anthony and Paul George have to like submit to Westbrook? Westbrook, are, are they going to have to like bend the knee, so to speak, to be like, yes, we we are we are subservient to uh, to your desires? I think that it 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 is working out a little bit in a way because Melo's entering like a new phase of his career, and like he knows that. And Paul George is just kind of a different personality when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I don't think that he is coming on the thunder and be like, I'm good. I need to be the man. Uh, I, I think that he works really well off ball and that really plays into Westbrook's strengths. And I think they, I don't know. I think that in a way, yes, they do because Russell Westbrook, people are like, well, maybe he's just going to be a facilitator now. Like, ah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's going to do Westbrook things. He's going to continue to be the guy who was the MVP last year. He's not going to have the usage rate he did last year, but he's going to play pretty much the same way. And I, I think that in some ways, yes, they will have to do that. But I don't think due to like one mellows, like the point that he is in his career. And then Paul George is, he's kind of a different personality uh, I don't think that will be that difficult. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of. I was gonna say, I, I, I imagine in Russell Westbrook's brain when he's playing basketball, it, it doesn't occur to it doesn't register like who's even on the court with him. In my <laughs> mind, it's like the Hulk just seeing red. He's just going, I have to attack the basket. I've tried that. Mm-hmm. And so if he ends up kicking it in the corner, he's like, oh hey, Paul George was there. He caught it. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Uh, oh, go ahead, crap! John. It was Andre Robertson. Oh yeah, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, um, that happens too. Uh, with with the optimism abounding, like you said, in offseason, everyone's saying like they're all going to fit together really well and the pieces are going to fit around them. What is the optimistic take for, for which pieces fit best around them? Like is Roberson going to finally maybe, I don't know, shoot less and still be a threat? Like is Abrinas going to step up? Uh, is Patrick Patterson going to play some five with him? Like what do you think is the best combination or the connective tissue of the guys on the roster who aren't the big three. Can I stop you for just one second? I'm on this yeah. crusade. It's Robertson. <laughs> it's, it's Robertson. Oh, right. It's Robertson. Cause he steals. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Everybody, like everybody calls him Robertson. And I want to do like a story this year on like, does he even care about that? Like, does he care that people that no one pronounces his name? Right. You should um, put that even behind Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo called him Robertson right. in the off season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ridiculous. don't think, I don't think I say his name consistently. I think I'm a back and forth every time I'll yeah. try to, I'll try to remember. He's a, he's a Robertson. Awesome. Uh, Steven Adams is at least in the preseason. He's kind of been on, another level at least he's been on that level that he was in the playoffs a couple of years ago and he fits with this group so so well uh, as a defender as a rim runner uh, it's it doesn't really get a whole lot better 
than that uh, because he just doesn't care about stats. And he's one of those few guys that has like immense talent but could care less if he scores. I mean, if he had two points and two rebounds and the Thunder won, he'd be just he'd be so happy. Um, so he's perfect in that role. Uh, I think it remains to be seen what the offense looks like with Robertson out there because he's he's a guy who obviously can't shoot and that was on full display in the playoffs last year. Uh, but if he's a guy that can be the initiator of the offense at the top of the key, which they've been having their forwards initiate the offense. So if he can do that, and then if he can be a guy that sets off ball screens and kind of is kind of playing the, like the trash spot at the baseline, I think that that is a good role for him. Uh, defensively, he's he clearly makes this team like a top five defense. Um, but then you also look at Alex Abrinas, like you mentioned, he's perfect for that starting lineup. And they played some of that the other night where they just subbed out Robertson for Abrinas. And he is a elite shooter. Uh, he's got great feel for the game. Uh, he's put on some pounds, which was something that he really needed to do. Uh, he He's perfect for them as long as there's not like an elite wing out there uh, that they need to defend. Um, so they, they've got some good pieces around them. And then, as you mentioned, Patterson, we haven't seen him yet because he's been hurt. Uh, but you can see a, a four-out kind of team with Abrinas and Patterson in there that would probably be unstoppable. The front court rotation, how, how do you guys think that's going to look? Because beyond Steven Adams, th- there's not a whole ton there. Like, I've, I I don't know if Dakari Johnson is a thing. Is it just going to be like Jeremy Grant and maybe some Pat Patterson of healthy playing five? How do you guys think that front court's going to work? D- Dakari Johnson is not a thing. Okay, he's yeah. 100% uh, no thing. Yeah. I will update my notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's he's a guy that that obviously has done some nice things in the in the D slash G league. Um, but you you know watch him play against actual NBA players, and and he starts looking awfully robotic out there. So um, what we saw in the preseason, uh, a lot of Jeremy Grant uh, as, as the first sub in, uh, and obviously that's probably going to be Patterson come the regular season. Um, Josh Hustis, who's been a project for a few years, actually got some burn and and continues to show that uh, he could probably be an NBA player. They were actually using him at backup center in some lineups. So um, it's kind of strange because Oklahoma City Thunder over the years have always talked about being, you know, big and physical. And that's something that obviously was their benefit against Golden State a couple of years ago. Um, and they're, they're trending away from that. And, and kind of downsizing and running smaller and, and kind of in line with the rest of the league. It's, it's kind of an interesting shift for them. Yeah, I think that they'll keep, they're going to play Jeremy Grant a ton. And I, I don't know how much they're going to play Houston. Uh, that's still kind of a mystery to everybody as to what his role will be in the regular season. But it's going to be a lot it of Pat Patterson. should be 30 minutes a game. should be 30 yeah. minutes a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know, and probably most of your listeners don't, uh, but Josh Hustis hit four threes the other night, and the fan base is like buzzing like crazy for Josh Hustis. <laughs> um, so, which is, I mean, everybody's got to slow their roll on Josh. I think that he could play, but he's like tenth man, play like seven minutes a game, kind of good. Um, but yeah, you're going to see a ton of Jeremy Grant. You're going to see a ton of Pat Patterson, and maybe they can get a buyout guy that maybe somebody gets bought out. Maybe Tyson Chandler gets bought out and they try to bring him in or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, they seem to be pretty comfortable with playing smaller and really honestly giving up rebounds for like three point shooting. I think that they, they feel comfortable with that so far. Since optimism seems to be abounding. What's the flip side of that? What's the pessimists take 
on this Thunder team? What's a, what's your floor for this team or the storyline where everything goes poorly? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, one of the first things that I noted when the trade went down is if you go look at the high usage players in the league last season, the Thunder now have three of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how are they going to be able to, uh, you know, share the basketball? Are Anthony and George going to be okay with going possessions, either not touching the ball or barely touching it? Um, kind of seeing how that all comes together. So um, now there's there's promising indications in the preseason, but I mean, obviously, you know, there's always a chance this could go the way of that Lakers quote unquote dream team from a, a few years ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think basically if this team, if they can't improve from 47 wins last season and they're, and they're a first round exit, um, that's, that's not good at all. Yeah. I think it, it, it all comes down to like chemistry, like maybe mellow just becomes black hole mellow and, You've got Paul George, who really is struggling to fit in a little bit already, and maybe that just continues uh, where he can't really find his spots, doesn't really work with Russell Westbrook, and then maybe Russ decides, you know what, I'm going to have a 50% usage rate and things are just going to go crazy. (laughs) I mean, all that seems really unlikely because they're all trying so hard right now to make this work, and to me it reminds me a little bit of the 08 Celtics, how they kind of came together. <clears throat> they're in the latter parts of their career. They understand that, you know, they've had all these accolades. They've, they've all won at like different levels, but have never won championships. And I think that they all want to come together and see what this team can do. Um, you know, I think that, I think it can be special, but uh, the downside I think is like 47, 48 wins and ne- nothing ever clicks and Paul George walks and mellow ops out. And then they, you know, do the, you know, Russell Westbrook MVP season once more. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Grizzlies fan thunder hater in me is also hoping that the fact that, uh, Anthony Westbrook and Paul George are like the worst clutch shooters in the last five years, like, <laughs> like in the NBA, like the, the top three, uh, despite all of Westbrook's heroics last year. So, so I'm just, my, again, as a hater, I'm like, just keep it close. Those guys will choke. It'll be, it'll be fine. Uh, so if, well, so looking into the future, just just briefly skipping ahead to to next year, can you walk me through the scenarios? One, if if they all stay, is that even possible? Will the team pay that much luxury tax? And if one or both of those, uh, um, you know, Anthony or George leave, are they still right at the luxury tax? Like, c- c- do they have much wiggle room? I defer to Ham on all these questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So here's the thing. Indications are that yeah. I mean, they the ownership fully understands the cost it's going to take to keep this team together. Um, and one of the things that I've been trying to explain locally and elsewhere, because there's so much misunderstood, because the Thunder got branded years ago as a team that, quote unquote, would not pay the luxury tax. Well, there was a reason for that. You know, they were trying to push off that repeater tax, the higher tax rate that teams get that continually pay the luxury tax. They were trying to push that down the road as far as possible. Um, and one of the many drivers of the Harden trade was that, you know, can we can we keep a competitive finals contender together and then ramp up spending approaching the free agency of Durant and Westbrook? And ultimately, you know, it came down to that. Um, the idea was make a bunch of deep playoff runs, which they did, and put back the money. And so that way they can pay the bills down the road. So they're there. And now you're here. 
you know, uh, where they're in that position. Um, but it is, I mean, look, it's, it's a potential staggering amount of $140 million of luxury tax next season because they would trip the repeater tax. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, there's a little bit of me that like, I'll believe it when I see it because it is such a, a enormous amount, but all indications are like, they understand, you know, that that's just how this is going to work. And then as for your other question, if one of, if one or just one of them left, um, no, I mean, it, it wouldn't open up really any room at all. They would basically just be, you know, they could use their own exception barring doing some other roster adjustments as well. So in other words, they wouldn't have the ability to go out and just sign, you know, LeBron James to replace one of those two guys. They wouldn't have that kind of space available. Yeah. And I think one thing that's a little bit under talked about is that the Thunder have made money every year. Like the, these owners are not hurting. Uh, they've made a ton of money off owning the Thunder. And I think that they are saving up and maybe not saving up is not the right word, but they, they've made enough money to where it's not going to hurt as much as people would think. Cause you think Oklahoma city, small market, they probably don't make any money, yada, yada, but they've made money over the years. And so I think that they're willing to take a hit to win. And also don't underestimate the fact that these dudes are also super duper pissed at Kevin Durant for leaving because they <laughs> yes. were, they were willing to do, to pay the luxury tax and go get Al Horford and get Kevin, bring Kevin Durant back, give Russell Westbrook the max, like bring Dion waiters back. Like they were willing to do all that and they were ready to do it. And then Kevin leaves. And now that they have this new opportunity, they're not going to say, well, you know what? I'd like to have more money for myself. So I'm not going to you know, pay into the thunder. No, I think that their, their mentality is let's do whatever we can to win. And if they can stick it to KD, they would love to do that. I like that angle. I'm going to go with John on the I'll believe it when I see it when they open up the checkbook for everybody. But all right, so a couple more questions before we get out of here. Uh, one question or one debate we have on our podcast and especially with all of our Patreon supporters. Who's the better NBA basketball player, Steven Adams or Andre Drummond? Andrew, that's uh, yours, buddy. <laughs> uh, I think... Okay, if you're looking for a fantasy basketball player, it's Andre Drummond 100%. Uh, he puts up great stats. Yeah, we, we, we don't care about that. We're, we're actual on-the-court results. Who, who on-the-court results. Who, who's who's rather, the better player? Give me Steven Adams. He does all the little things. He does what it takes to win. He's a good passer. He's got great feel for the game. He sets great screens. He knows where to be on defense. Uh, and those are like all the things I feel like Andre Drummond doesn't do. I feel like he can be a spaz on defense. He's just a little bit behind like almost every rotation. Uh, he puts up great rebounding numbers. He can score a little bit, great block and steal numbers. Fantastic. But I don't feel like he does the little things to win. I'll take Steven Adams. Yeah, I'm, I'm team Steven Adams, but I take grief for it. Like I'm, I'm always getting grief for that. Uh, (laughs) finally getting Carmelo Anthony meant sending away, Enos Cantor and breaking up the Stash Brothers, which was, you know, one of the more likable things about this Thunder franchise. I, I don't know if my if my distaste is seeping through the Skype. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, no, but is there any chance we can get maybe Carmelo to grow a big mustache to become the new Stash Brother, or maybe is there anyone else you guys think would be ready to step up for a for a Stash Brothers 2.0? I, I say R.I.P. Stash Brothers. That that was a was a great moment in history, but I'm afraid it's past. That's too bad. If it's in, if it's anybody to me, it's Nick Collison because like those dudes like travel together in the summer. 
they were like riding on the uh, California coast in a convertible together last summer. And yeah, they went mountain hiking somewhere in yeah. South America this year. Yes, yeah. they go mountain hiking together. Come on, just grow. I mean, Nick Collison's not going to play a big role in this team, but if he grew a mustache, man, I mean, everybody already loves Nick Collison. How much more would everybody love Nick Collison if he's like, you know what? I'm going to fill the void. I'm going to grow a stash. I think the guy to do it is Kyle Singler. Because from what I can tell, people hate that guy. So, so it yeah. seems like it seems like if he could, if he just showed up with a giant mustache, I mean, honestly, looking at him, I'm not sure he could. But if right. he could grow a giant mustache, I feel like it would redeem himself from all the people I see on Twitter who are like, this guy's trash. Why is he even out there? Like, I feel like maybe that could win him over for the Thunder fans. Or it, everybody would be like, ah, Sash Bros isn't cool anymore. Ah, that's too <laughs> weird. <laughs> That's the most likely outcome, I think. Yeah, I think here's the only way that Kyle Singler can redeem himself is if somehow, maybe like the the Thunder getting blown out by the Warriors in the first game at home, Kyle Singler gets out there, and if he like will like go after Draymond Green or something like that, and just like be like a goon for the Thunder, I think everyone would be like, yeah, look at Kyle. Like I like Kyle now. He's really got some balls. That guy's great. Um, I think that's the only way to redeem himself. And he would never, ever do that. That's not in his personality at all. Right. Uh, he, he's a big weirdo, man. Like, he's actually a big weirdo. Imagine if he just did the things you just described and had a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you guys See? would lose your minds. Stash bros are back. That's, that's what I That's right. Would say. It'd be like darkest timeline <laughs> Kyle Slinger. Like, that guy's crazy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy's not okay. If he wants to build his brand, those are the things that he should do. Maybe just grow a mustache that night and I'd be like, ah, that's a little weird that he's doing that. And then it becomes completely cool after he goes after Draymond. All right. Well, John and Andrew, thanks so much for visiting with me. Thanks for giving your time. Can you tell people where they can follow you online and find all the content you guys are putting out? Uh, so for me, uh, I, I'm on Twitter at John M. Hem, and I spell it exactly like the Hollywood actor. So, and occasionally some people think that that's who I actually am. I'm not uh, at John M. Hem. And again, you can find me on Bleacher Report. Uh, you can find me on, uh, along with Andrew and, and others, uh, at patreon.com slash OKC Dream Team. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. It's S C H L E C H T. Uh, listen to Down to Dunk. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on DailyThunder.com. And then please subscribe to uh, OKC Dream Team. Uh, we're doing some really cool stuff there, so go check it out. All right, you guys, thanks a bunch, and I look forward to talking with you guys soon. Thanks, Keith. All right, thanks to Andrew and John for being good sports. If you want some more exclusive Oklahoma City Thunder content where – the host doesn't uh, wear his distaste for the team on his sleeve. Uh, you guys check out that Behind the Paywall OKC Dream Team podcast. If you want to support our show and be one of those guys who goes the, the extra mile despite us giving this content to you for free, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. Like us on Facebook you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fab break break, man. You understand?